This episode is brought to you by our friends at FB Autosport. There's nothing worse than spending your race weekend under your car missing sessions because you were too swamped to get everything done in time. Whether it's car prep, new car builds, or arrive and drive, FB Autosport has you covered for Time Attack, GLTC, or WRL. They even have cars you can rent now while you put the finishing touches on your latest race car project. Reach out to Rob at FB Autosport now and tell him that Slip Angle sent you to get your project car finished and get back on track. Hey, Adam. Hey, man. It's been, uh, what, a couple of weeks since we last recorded? Uh, we recorded together at Coda a couple times, and then, yeah, it been a few weeks before that, probably, but, uh, Coda was fun, went pretty well. Yeah. The, um, now I'm, now I'm driving my crappy, uh, high, wet highway through Indiana, going to a job site. It's, it's nice here. It's like, uh, 59 degrees or so, and it's sunny. You have, uh, you, you currently still have COVID. Is that why your wife left you for the weekend? Uh, yeah, we were supposed to go together up to her parents' house and drop the dogs off because yeah. as you know, next week we're going to CMP okay. and then from there we will leave. Uh, we're going to Florida for, um, like spring break basically because nice. Sloan's out of school. So okay. two birds, one stone, but that meant that we would need dog care for like almost two weeks. And so, right. um, instead like she just took them up there by herself, which she was yeah. not excited about because I was supposed to drive. <laughs> no, she had to drive and deal with the kid and the dogs. Yep. Yep. That's the thing. That's fun. So I, uh, I got sick again, which is unfortunate. Um, I, a while ago, Aaron called me his sickly friend, which um, <laughs> makes me feel really bad. But yeah, well, at this point, it's hard for me to argue. And you, you uh, do your family does have a you got a, you got a cloud hanging over you or something, man. I don't know, man. So like, yeah. uh, what is it? Today is Saturday. On Monday of this week, I started to feel a little bit weird. Like I just had like a little tickle in my throat um, late at night, and then yeah. I got chills and this happened pretty quick. And I then on, on Tuesday I felt really crappy. And then, uh, after that, um, I was like, well, I mean, maybe it's just the flu. Like, otherwise I feel fine. I didn't have a cough yet or anything like that. And right. interesting, I've never tested positive for COVID or I hadn't up to that point. And so I wasn't really like, um, I thought you got OG and tested positive back no, then, like in 2020. It was assumed positive. Both Ashley and oh, Sloan yeah. tested positive. And that's when the home tests really weren't a thing yet, I don't think. And so yeah. the, the doctors had said, if you and Sloan both have it, just assume your husband has it. And I had yeah. all of the symptoms as well. So like, Oh, yeah. So you obviously had it. But uh, so I took a test on Wednesday morning and I was like feeling fine. And I was actually yeah. even going to go to work because my fever was gone. And Ashley was like, uh, you should just like hang out. And so I just took a test on Wednesday and it was positive. And I was like, damn it. Yeah. So well, that stinks. I'm glad you're feeling better. Yeah. But. Um, I've got like a lot of sinus pressure, but other than that, I'm, I'm okay. I've got my, got my Ricola's next fine. to me, which is great. Um, I wish the show could be sponsored by Ricola. I bet you I've gone through like 20 pounds of Ricola in the last three years. <laughs> That's so much. Gross. 
Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I, I had it a couple of weeks ago. I had it before before Coda, like three weeks ago, and I had like one of the worst fevers I've had in a long time for like twelve hours, um, and then it broke, and then I felt totally fine. I was just tired for a couple of days. I never got the cough though, but my wife's got I had a cough for like five weeks. Yeah, so that yeah. will happen. I'm glad I did not. I mean, I've I've coughed five times in the last five weeks, and she's she's coughed. The entire time I've been around her for the past five weeks, it's been terrible, but so she feels I, fine otherwise. I've so been uh, so sleeping in the other bedroom trying to keep uh, Ashley and Sloan from getting sick and doing my best. At the moment, Ashley's tested every day, and she's tested negative. So, oh, That's good. But Well, we're um, doing race car things next weekend. You're going to feel better by then? Oh, I would imagine, yeah. Okay, um, good. But right now I'm just like cleaning up my house a little bit. And what's funny is I'm going to spend hours and hours and hours working on cleaning up some stuff. And Ashley will come home tomorrow and invariably say, what did you do all weekend? Because the, <laughs> the stuff that I'm doing, uh, one, isn't important to her. And two, isn't easily noticeable. Like you would not see it. If, if you put all of your tools back into their tool drawers, no one will know. So all you all you got to do, I've learned this uh, with my wife. All you, if, it might work for yours too. All you got to do is uh, get the vacuum cleaner out and vacuum the, the three most visible carpets, rugs, or whatever, and then it just kind of looks like the house is clean. And my yep. wife's like, "Oh, you vacuum? Thanks." Exactly. <laughs> yep. Run the vacuum around for twelve minutes. Um. So yeah, like. Uh, I put those vacuum lines in the carpet. Oh yeah, you so. like those. Yeah, get those lines, dude. So I, I had the most bachelor like night last night ever. Um, I got you, you the, told me about it. I was jealous. <laughs> so uh, Ashley doesn't like sausage on pizza, and sausage is my preferred topping. So we always get pepperoni, um, and she doesn't like Jets. She thinks it's too expensive and not worth it. And so I think Jets is great. I think Jets is amazing. And yeah. so last night, what I did was I got Jet Jets pizza. I drank beer and I watched basketball and then I went to sleep and it was, it was a pretty good night to be honest. That's, that does sound like a pretty good night. <laughs> I, uh, I was solo last night too. We should have talked, but, um, I, uh, I pretty much just worked on my car and finally got my exhaust, uh, done and usable and into a state that I like and, uh, started working on car setup, uh, getting the alignment close and all that. I got to get my string set up out make the car a thing, but I'm not planning on bringing it to CMP, but uh, I might bring it to Watkins Glen and just drive Watkins Glen. Probably not race it, but just drive it just to, just to do just it. Just to I'm do not it. Sure. Yeah. So. I mean, it seems like there are certain places that we, uh, have gone or will go where if you miss the opportunity to drive, it's, yep. it's just a mistake. CMP is going to be kind of a, it's going to be a, a festival like it'll have all the elements of a festival it'll be a lot of people it'll be a first time at a place for us i've been there but we have never hosted an event there um and i've not been there in 11 or 12 years but yeah it's, that would be probably not the best event for me to to be driving much at but Watkins Glen is going to be you know a spectator ish event but a festival tour but a little bit lighter so so um, um yeah. you and i like don't we don't talk as much about like some of the bigger grid life things um, as much as people might think. So talk to me through um, the, the festival at CMP or the festival light or whatever you want to call it. How will it compare to 
the run of show and style of, let's say, Circuit Legends? Uh, pretty similar to Circuit Legends, only there will be some music. Kind of put it that way. Um, two days of competition. There won't be, uh, at all of our festival tour events this year, there won't be DE on Friday and Saturday. Those will be competition and live stream days. And then there will be a one-day DE on Sunday. So um, all DE with a little bit of drift and ride along, but no competition stuff to speak of. So um, there, there will be a last, like a last chance uh time attack after we've already awarded the podium uh and we can uh we can have people reset records in that in that session but uh it'll be like a more like a sunday morning wake up and try one more time for the people that didn't make the final uh live stream stuff so so um when you think about that logistically the run of show maybe you and i haven't really practiced this we haven't really talked about it very much um is it gonna be do you remember the intensity of that 2018 Midwest festival where um, oh, yeah. we did the brackets and we did drift like continuously competition, like, like motorsport stuff for like seven hours. Yeah. I yeah, imagine that's what that Saturday is going to be like. But, yeah. It's not going to be that crazy. That was pretty crazy. Well, but. we've got time attack. We've got drift and we've got GLTC like exclusively on Saturday. Right. Yeah, yeah. The the time sensitive like minute to minute changes of brackets was I think the biggest stress of that. This is going to have like a little bit of that though. Um, each run group or each class of time attack will basically have you know their own final, um, but it won't be with every car in the class. You know, it'll be a little bit different. But um, I've ran through it all in my head a bunch of times. But I think once we get to CMP and we get through the first day. Uh, that's when you and I and probably Kyle and we really go through run a show. Bring bring John Raymond in, who's going to be race control for this one for us. And I well, who and will we, who will be really primary in grid? Will that so. be like Carson? Because I think we're going to have to like we're going to have to stand in grid and like talk about what we're going to do oh, in sure. order to uh, yeah. to um, Carson can't make this one. Scott Malloy will be doing some of his jobs, but okay. also doing Scott Malloy jobs, GLTC screwing stuff. Um, so it's going to be, we got a pretty good staff, but it's going to be busy. So I, um, I, I think I've said it on the show before. That was my absolute favorite event, that 2018 event, because, um, the intensity and the pressure and all of the action was just so fresh. Yeah. I, I think my favorite time attack event, like excluding GLTC, um, speed was ring. 2019 speed ring. Yeah, I think that was but my favorite time attack. The, I think the difference between that and that first 2018 event was um, by that point we we had done it a few times and it was it was not like that that excuse the drug analogy it wasn't like that first hit right like yeah. uh, we we were kind of getting used to it and I would say there are some things uh, specific to brackets that take a lot of time but. Now, if we were to do them today, we would do them probably faster because we're better yeah, at it. Yeah. yeah, that was back when brackets was pretty much brackets at speed ring was the whole field. So if we had twenty cars in street, twenty cars did the bracket. So right. it, it, that ended up being like a whole day. But the finals of that at that event was it was just like it just felt so wild. There's just, just a lot cool. of energy, and I I hope 
that our um, format for this event at CMP lends itself to people spectating Time Attack because yeah, it, that has been uh, one of the it, biggest shortcomings. That's going to make the live stream really cool, I think. So. I mean, in my mind, that's been one of the biggest shortcomings of the, the style of competition in the entire time that we've been doing it is you can spectate Time Attack by looking at your phone. And yep. uh, it makes no difference what's happening on track, and it's impossible to tell if anyone's actually trying. Yeah, this this is more of like kind of similar to brackets, where obviously it's time attack cars doing time attack things, um, but it's a it, the competition has a few more elements. Like we're we're bringing reliability into it and uh, bringing uh, consistency into it a little bit more. Um, so I think, I think that's going to, and that, and that sets the podium. It doesn't reset records. You know, the record isn't the, the winner necessarily. You could, you could get a track record and then get, and then blow up next session and still have the track record. Typical time attack stuff. Sure. But the competition is a little bit more of a competition, uh, which is, I think it's going to be, I think it'll be good for, uh, for, uh, it'll be, I think it'll be a really fun first year and probably have a little bit of evolution, but I think it's a really, really solid way to broadcast time attack right we'll see how it goes um i'm excited i'm also nervous about that that change is uh is i'm a little nervous about i was nervous about the qualifying uh change uh on the live stream at coda and it didn't quite work the way we were supposed to have it work but it wasn't really our live stream sure um so hopefully that was the next thing a little bit more context at uh at cmp you just made a transition uh, the transition yep. you made was from Time Attack to GLTC. I was just going to no, ask you. I was you, mainly talking about uh, live stream, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I think you were talking about qualifying and hiding the, the times from yeah. the drivers. Uh, I, I think there was some feedback and some discussion and things, but I don't know where we ended up. How yeah, will. The, the way it happened at Coda. Uh, wasn't the way that we actually i think want to do it it wasn't actually the full intention the full intention was that we have results before we disappear off the live stream and maybe before checker flag um but but as we did talk about i think we talked about it in a show that we released on patreon we also talked about it a little bit on the live stream kyle and i did is that uh we really want to see the the true raw pace of these cars in qualifying and there was a lot of suspicion that a bunch of cars that knew what everybody else was running might not have been running true raw pace um so that's part of it but also we really want the drivers to focus on running a solid lap not running a good enough lap like get out there and just do it with no knowledge the driver is actually no knowledge of what anybody else is doing the drivers uh, a bunch of the drivers said to me that they actually liked it um, they liked not knowing and not having the pressure of what everybody else is running. And they were, I mean, if you notice, they ran a pretty clean qualifying. Um, and I think maybe, maybe there's some benefit in that side. That was another thought, uh, was we had a few messy qualifyings last year where people were pushing too hard or driving over their head. And I think maybe some of it is that they were being told to go faster and faster and faster. Sure. But um, yeah, a little bit of a little bit of an experiment. We'll see how it goes the first uh, couple of weekends. But so, how will it yeah. go, or how is it planned to go at CMP? So ideally, uh, we or whoever's on the live stream, I won't be on the stream. But uh, the live stream presenters know uh, the position, and they can start talking about who's in the lead. Um, you know, a ways into it. I don't. We have to. We have to talk about timing and scoring a little bit more about um, the capabilities of uh, throwing the times up midstream. 
uh, onto Race Hero Race Monitor uh, and onto the and thus onto the live broadcast because they kind of pull from the same place. Sure. So uh, it'll be a it'll be like a one of the pieces that we have to talk with all the parties involved at the track to figure out our best plan. But sure. We'll see. Well, because you, you still have the challenge we'll of, go, but hopefully if, we we have the times up. So. Well, you still have the challenge of if if you are relaying that information on the stream, it's possible that crew chiefs will be watching the stream and can feed that information back to the drivers. No, which, yeah, which but, kind of defeats. If if we put it up on the stream, I want it to be like in the last few minutes. You know, sure. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. I think that's cool. Just. Just trying things. I mean, there's a there's a plus and a minus to both ways to the way we've always done it. Um, the the way we've always done it, I think, has resulted in a couple of really fun to watch sessions where like drivers would pull in, see how everybody else was doing, like literally on their phone, and then go back out if they had time. Um, but uh, that's not always the, lu- the luxury of having uh, that much time isn't always a thing. So uh, yeah, we'll see how we end up dealing with it. Yeah. Yeah. Are we doing anyway. a top 10 shootout at CMP? Um, I don't believe we have that on the schedule at CMP. Gotcha. I really like those. I do. I like them too. I, it might, maybe it is on there. I don't remember, but Chris and I basically spent a night building like a standard um, festival schedule. So like the standard, the way we want to kind of like standardize the schedule itself. And then we have, obviously we have to shift it around for track availability and lunch break needs and stuff like that. But, um, the standard Friday, Saturday is sort of laid out now. Um, and, uh, yeah, and we tweak from there and, and right now I'm having a brain fart. I can't remember literally at the last stoplight I was at, I had, before we started talking, I had the schedule pulled up and had to make a change, but, um, I can't remember if we have the top 10 shootout on there. I don't think we did, but maybe we did. So, so um, we're some, kind of some like, tracks we can go till eight o'clock at night though. So we have plenty of time. Some, oh, yeah. some we cannot. So um, what's yep. crazy is we've got CMP coming up next weekend and uh, it's not long after that where we're like in it heavy. Oh yeah. It's until August. It's real wild. Like starting starting next weekend <laughs> we have a couple of weeks in between that and Watkins Glen um but Charlie uh Charlie who's site ops and production and stuff like that for Australia Insulin he's uh, put a bunch of time into shipping and logistics thoughts and so basically for three months we're renting one trailer and a 53 foot semi-trailer and it just gets moved around so like all of our stuff will just travel uh in one trailer just kind of the way to do it oh sure um and so, so that's exciting it's in, a big in that way it's not like packing and unpacking it's just like oh that's the circus just moves from place to place right right yeah it, and we would obviously have a couple of small trailers my trailer his trailer to supplement uh to bring you know merch if we have to to bring pieces that need to go to one but don't need to go to another um motorsport stuff will probably live in my bus as it usually does so i can maintain and charge things and whatever but that's not that's you know that's ten pelican cases. That's that, not that reminds everything. me. I've got to bring my scooter. Got to bring that scooter, man. Um, but yeah, uh, you could probably even leave your scooter in the big trailer if you want. So mm. um, yeah, it's it's absolutely crazy. So um, we've got what what is it? CMP and then the Glen Lock-up's and then Glen. what's yeah. what's after that? Um, after that is the Midwest Rev Up at uh, Gingerman Raceway. Dude. And then Midwest um, and then Festival. 
two weeks after that is Midwest Festival, which works out pretty good shipping wise because the trailer can just stay at Gingerbread. Oh yeah. Um, so, and then uh, after Midwest is, I believe it's Autobahn, and then. That's kind of like fam- we- familiar events, right? Yeah, Autobahn will probably be a little different than it was before because GLTC itself isn't going there. Currently, it's slated to have a super grid, but we're not positive. We'll have to see. Man, um, like, I, I understand some of these decisions, but I thought the racing for GLTC was really good at Autobahn. It- yeah, but we just can't do it everywhere. That's the problem. So, yeah. um, I, I I agree. Autobahn's. I think Autobahn is one of the best wheel wheel tracks uh, for, for especially for a class like GLTC that has you know almost three hundred horsepower cars racing with one hundred fifty horsepower cars with giant weight disparities. You know, um, I think Autobahn is a real a real good leveler of a track. The so. I think one of the challenges this year though is that. There have been so many events that have been like inserted into breaks, and I say so many. I think it's two, but the uh, Grid Life. Well, you know what? I'm wrong. Uh, Grid Life Barber is not a GLTC event, right? No, it's just Grid Life Time Attack, and it's hosted by Jay Zilla. We just need to teach them how to do it. So, um, yeah. so that means that after Midwest Festival, the next GLTC event is. Uh, road america is that right uh yeah probably. that's a that's a long break um, um road america then mid-ohio then lime rock then another long break and the final one should be laguna that's like so I'm thinking two months yeah are we are we doing uh, so wait hold on are we doing gltc at new jersey no man weird no, I'm I'm stoked about not doing GLTC at every freaking thing. <laughs> it's gonna be the best. <laughs> well, it's it's. Um, I was thinking about this, and like, uh, I I don't know that everyone cares to think about how um, like grid life operations works, but on the motorsports team, the staff that you need to run a GLTC weekend are a little bit different than the the staff and number that you need to run a time attack weekend. Time and, attack's a lot easier and you can do time attack with the GLTC people, but you kind of need to have, yeah, like you and I can run a really big time attack event ourselves if we had to, right. you know, but like, and we have, I mean, but. uh, for a GLTC weekend though, you, because we offer, um, licensing, you know, uh, for you at the event, um, yep. or like at your first event, you need the race director, you need, um, the rookie driver evaluation, rookie, rookie you know, driver. Thing. Yeah. You need a scrutineer. You need impound. You need like the number of staff is kind of a lot. Uh, in addition yeah. to the people that you would already have for like general tech and, and garage yeah. stuff. And realistically, you, know, you need, um, you also need the dyno now because we have, we've had a dyno. So now everybody wants the dyno all the time. You need a dyno staff, which was me at Coda, which was an unending amount of work. Um, it's just like a lot of stuff. Like it's a really busy, like it, it takes so much staff to do GLTC correctly. And so, um, you know, I haven't, um, I haven't calculated what the margin is for running a GLTC weekend in terms of like, uh, you know, absolute dollars and cents. It's exciting that you can put a lot of cars on track at one time, which gives you potential for upside, but the amount of staff and equipment and infrastructure that you need in order to execute a high quality event is also really, really high. I would argue that yeah. the margins on GLTC are probably very small. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it does, it does fine, 
per track hour. But and you think when you like you just said, when you add staff in and the, the things that go along with it, like it, we're lucky to break even on these things. And we can't pay our rent and we can't pay our fuel bills to get there without partnership dollars. So that's where that's where the partner stuff really comes in. Uh, and we and that's also why we really appreciate our partners. <laughs> so well, it's it's kind of a curious thing because there are other series that are more. Um, I, uh, uh, when I say one dimensional, I don't mean that in a bad way. Like they execute one type of, of event per weekend. And because of that, the number of staff and equipment and whatever they need is specific to that one type of event. The yep. challenge for us is that we are running an event that has four or five different, let's call it mini events running in parallel um, inside of it. And because of yep. that, like each of those teams needs to be staffed accordingly. And so that, that right. like that just presents a different challenge. And I think that's, it's what makes grid life events really unique and cool, but it, it also makes it challenging. It makes it busy and it makes it hard to pay the bills. So, <laughs> but, but they're, they're also pushing, they're like, I mean, it's the bleeding edge of realistically the bleeding edge of amateur motorsports. Like it's, it's the, it's the one that everybody's looking at now, which is weird. Um, so, and everybody wants one everywhere now, which is impossible. We can't just, we can't just do that. But Well, and um, I think the hard part is our competitors and I, maybe I'll use um, like Jeremy Swenson as an example. Um, he is sort of in the center of the country, I guess in some way. Um, but because of that, to go to events is like, a minimum thousand mile one way tow. Right. Always. Almost always. always. Poor guy. And if you do all the events, I mean, that's, you know, 15, 20,000 miles a year on your tow rig, which is a yeah, lot. And then like a maniac like Jeremy is going to do all the events. That's the problem. Yeah. So, we had what, 12 or 10 weekends last year, GLTC weekends. And we have eight this year. Um, and yeah, most of the core top 15 did almost all of the events, which is nuts. So, yeah. Um, yeah, the, it was only supposed to be seven. And then this road America opportunity with NASCAR popped up. And, uh, thankfully for most drivers, it's like right kind of in the middle of everything. Um, but uh, it's also one week out or seven days out, eight days out from freaking mid Ohio, uh, mid Ohio, which is hard, but well, um, uh, I guess the nice thing is you get a really nice break, um, between Midwest festival, which is at the beginning of June. And then you've got road America at the end of July. So you've got back to back weekends. Sure. But you have, I don't know, eight weeks prior to that. And some time yeah. after that to like, and that, yeah, if, if people are going to Lime Rock, uh, they still have a big break after Lime Rock too. So yeah, yeah. Uh, it's very, it's, it's, it's manageable ish, but uh, yeah, it's going to be, a, well, it's gonna be I just a got to my job year. site. Did we do a podcast yet? Did we do a full podcast? I mean, yeah, like it's, it's pretty good for a show. Uh, or I could uh, call you when I'm done here. Well, um, what I can say is that the, um, the show is, was previously hosted on anchor. It's now called Spotify for podcasters. We really mm -hmm. like it. Uh, you'll probably hear an ad at the front of this show for Spotify. I think it's, I think it's just absolutely great. We're really enjoying it. And 
I am trying to find uh, fun ways to engage with you guys, the listeners, like including polls and Q and a and stuff um, that you can find if you see our show on Spotify. So like I might say, Hey, there's a poll about, you know, how cool James's finish was on three wheels. Um, so if, if you hear us mention it, go, uh, find us on Spotify and look at the episode like notes and there mm-hmm. might be interesting ways for you to interact. So, um, if, if uh, regarding that, that topic, uh, the three wheel topic, I got, a uh, very interesting mixed feedback on the topic <laughs> the finishing on three wheels. So it, like, um, yeah. I, I think maybe the people who, uh, say that didn't really appreciate that it was the last lap of the race. And uh, like, yeah, I, I mean, obviously if it was the first lap of the race and he continued to do something like that, it'd be like, get the F off the racetrack. But, when you're two thirds of the way or whatever he was through a giant, he had like a mile, a mile to go, I think, and a mile and a half to go and largely left-hand turns and straights. And the car was like not touching the ground except for in a right-hand turn. What, what I think I, would I be, understand. No, I what I think would it, be especially strange would be like, um, I mean, sure. I suppose he could have pulled off the course and behind a wall and um, like pitted there but if the car was um, mobile, which it was, mm-hmm. the yeah. I think the natural response would have been to uh, go all the way to pit lane, right? Like yeah. if the car can keep rolling, it should do so because then it doesn't have to be towed later. And so yeah. what you're talking about now is him deciding to pit in um, on the last corner or really like 100 yards after the last corner because the start finish line's right there. And so and it's like- that's, that's the decision that like- yeah, as a race car driver, this thing's good in a left-hand turn and a straight line, and that's all I got left. If I choose to stay on the racetrack versus pit in, yeah, I get it. I get it, uh, especially when race two determines your finishing your start position for race three. So. Yeah, and like I don't know, it just um, it it's there. There won't ever be a rule that defines uh, that situation for people that have asked. There won't be a rule. But well, I don't com- know. What- common sense is going to have to reign one way or the well, other. <laughs> common sense and like context, because yeah. a rule often can't um, provide provide the wiggle room you might want for like situationally dependent, you know, scenarios. Right? Like, yeah, w- what you decide to do will depend on what the scenario is. Yeah. And so in this case, that's that's where we can't, we can't define all scenarios really, unless it's a super simplistic rule and a super simplistic rule is going to have, and I thought a bunch about it. Like, should we have a wording about like what to do in that situation? Um, But like, if you made it simple and broad reaching, um, you're going to have unintended consequences regardless of the wording. Um, At some point, like, if you think you can bring your car in and not damage the surface of the racetrack, uh, I mean, there was a little bit of sparks thrown, but if you were actually watching time attack, like every car's got titanium pucks and they're throwing sparks, but sure. Um, so the, yeah, the important I detail though is that I don't know that, what I would have done in that situation. I probably would have put it in myself. Well, yeah, but you but, were never going to be competitive. Yeah. I'm not in the hunt. He was in P2 when it happened. So. You're not a barbarian no. or at least, no. at least I don't think that I have ever seen you, um, as a barbarian. Uh, that was a long time ago when I, when I was trying real hard and cared, it was a long time ago. Yeah. So. 
um, uh, an update on his hub situation because he had a hub break in race four as well and put it in early. Um, he, he put the hub that was on last year and put in the bin as the spares bin, you know? Yeah. Um, he put the hub, that hub on as the spare and then it proceeded to break after literally 25 minutes of racing or something. Um, and he's, they were looking at this design, I guess it's a cast aluminum spindle in the back. It's a double wishbone or like a multi-link wishbone style rear suspension. And, uh, it's, it's like a really thin hub that's like laser welded onto the bearing. It's not a great design for racing. Um, and it's not like a traditional front wheel drive style hub where like there's a big, like there's a, it's almost like a trailer hub. There's like a stub coming out or an axle coming out and this thing slips, presses into the bearing kind of thing, you know, and the bearings held in the spindle. This is like a bolt on bolt off bearing assembly, more of like a modern, a modern thing. And similar to eighth gen civics, which are notorious for breaking rear hubs. Um, he, they figured out after talking with a friend at like a Honda engineer friend that accords of a similar generation, like I think, or of a different generation use the exact same pickup points and have a cast iron, like heavy duty spindle, which will weigh a little more, but they have like the traditional stub, bear, stub, big bearing, one piece hub, no welds. And the hub is much thicker. Okay. Um, so it's literally a bolt on solution from a different gen accord, I think that uh that will bolt on not change anything except for add a little bit of unsprung weight but like much much stronger hubs so hopefully we never have to see that again out of the tsx so that'll be cool yeah yeah so and it's and it's a, it's it should be like a much much more robust hub but also a much more robust spindle and the whole scenario is more suited to carrying a load of a race car so so there's hopefully a, a good ending to that and we don't have to think about that one again but Let's hope. Yeah. Anyway, well, I just got to my buddy Andre Brody's house. I'm going to fix his garage door. He's a he's a listener too. He's he's worked good for us a bunch. So, well, uh, thanks good for day. listening to the show, everybody, and follow us on Spotify. Um, we really appreciate any support that you guys uh, can give, and uh, I guess we'll we'll talk to you again soon. We're going to do some shows tonight. Oh, thanks soon, buddy. Slip Angle was created by Austin Cabot and Adam Jubay, co-hosted by Derek Yarbrough and production by Abram Schmucker, who mixes all of our terrible audio. If you like the show, please rate us and review us on iTunes and come and find us in the pits at a grid to say hello. Hello.